0: Welcome to the Inner Dominatrix podcast, the podcast that gets you stepping into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. And today I have a very exciting episode in that I have somebody live in the studio. We're not doing this through Skype. Today I have the very wonderful and lovely Jean Leggett, who is the CEO of One More Story Games, former, well, actually you're still doing comedian work and you're still a kick-ass coach doing coaching for small businesses. What else have you got on there? Did I miss something?
1: I am developing my own video game about my life story, so Ooh. we might d- dig into that. Who knows?
0: Cool. Yes. So, Gene, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about today was the idea of you know how you left. You chose to leave your coaching practice. You have the Joy Boot Camp going. You've got your comedian thing going, the speaking, and you had all that starting to rock and roll, and you chose to put it aside to work with your husband <laughs> on this one more story, games. I mean, wow, there's a whole lot to that. And I know for some people they would think, oh, that's, you're giving up your dream to work for your husband's, which in the, you know, in the, this day and age of feminism, that would seem like a backward step, but I know it's not.
1: For me, it was definitely not thank you for bringing up that point because I was in this very intensive coach program where I had a wonderful coach and business mentor. And when I chose not to continue doing my joy bootcamp programming, she, that was pretty much what she said to me. She said, you are giving this all up to be, a, to do this for your husband and you're not thinking about yourself. And, and I was, Oh, she made me so angry. So, Prior to coming to One More Story Games, I was doing speaking and doing personal development workshops in sign language. That's my first language. My family's all deaf, I'm hard of hearing, and really loving that space and and doing one-on-one coaching plus a six-week program called Joy Bootcamp. But in the time that I saw my husband building his startup, it was really clear. He was fantastic at doing the technical visionary stuff, but not strong enough in the administration and the hustle and I didn't realize it until I came into this position man I love the hustle (laughs) it is it's the adrenaline that beats me it's a little bit of my addiction it's as a stand-up comic who's been doing that on and off for 10 years I love being in the limelight and I'm not embarrassed about it it's something that I know that I do really well I would say that while I could continue if I went off back to coaching and growing it into a six-figure business, I'm really proud that I've helped raise over 360,000 for our startup and we're we're seeing some incredible shifts because of the hustle. Yeah. So that isn't backwards. That is all forward. That my is friend. hugely
0: forward. And I love the fact that you really embrace the fact that you like the hustle. You know, this hustle gets kind of a bad rap, but we need, in our businesses, we need to hustle, you know, no matter what size of business you're doing. And then 360000 is no small feat to be raising in capital.
1: Especially in this economy, everybody's a bit tight-fisted with it. <laughs> and, you know, you find yourself going through these phases where, okay, the money's running low. And you're thinking, if we're not meant to be doing this, we'll just run out of money and we'll go back to work. And every single time I tell you, we don't know how we're going to make it to the end of the month. And somebody will come along and say, can I write you a check? And the answer is almost always yes, because you also have to find the right people. Yes. And occasionally we we've come across people who are not the right fit for us. Ultimately, when it comes down to it for us, if you don't love what you're doing, you can't attract the people that you're supposed to attract. So the hustle is really just a fancy word for self-advocacy. I am madly in love with what we do, and to have started a business with my husband after being together for 17 years, I mean, you Mm -hmm. personally know us, and you know that we came into this with no savings. My Mm -hmm. husband had just almost nearly died the previous year from a medical error, and like we're balls to the wall. We're all in on this. Which is so gutsy. It really is. And when, you, when people say that, I just think, well, what's the alternative? The alternative is to go back to jobs we don't like. Right. See, but that's the thing. It's like, that's what I loved about That's why I wanted to bring
0: you on to, to, to showcase that and say, what is the alternative? The alternative is, is something that you don't like doing. So do you want to be uncomfortable in this job or do you want to be uncomfortable in the hustle?
1: Yeah, like I just, (laughs) it blows my mind that somebody will stay in a 4,000 square foot house and hate their job for 20 years and then retire. Like, well, why don't you live in a one or two bedroom house, but have that career that you love and you wake up in the morning. Like, don't get me wrong. I have my days where I have like that little pity party in bed with my cup of tea. But there really is an alternative to having a joyful life is—I don't know—it's one that I—I I don't think I could go back to working for other people. I think I've been ruined. <laughs> they would have to be incredibly special to be able to yeah. to lure us back into the workforce.
0: I hear you. I, yeah. I've worked for myself for the last twenty-five years. I—I just I would you're done. I'm definitely <laughs> done. Bad employee. Don't ever pitch me because I'm a bad employee. <laughs> well,
1: I don't know, Dana. What about traveling around the world and just enjoying? Vacations. Uh, that sounds good. Somebody's going to pay me for that? Yeah, somebody might. Okay. If you're
0: listening, Dana's, Dana's okay
1: with that.
0: Now um. looking for your sugar daddy. <laughs> a whole different thing. Hmm, might have to talk to my husband about that. So, <laughs> you just never know where we're going to go on this show. <laughs> so, so, you know, I think one of the other things to talk about is that it takes a lot of, a lot of personal growth and a lot of like reflection inward on a regular basis. You know, you and I have talked at length at different times and and to be in business with your spouse presents a huge number of challenges and things. And so what are your go-to tools for getting your head in the right space, getting into that energy zone so that you can continue to work side by side, you're living with them, you're working with them, good bad and ugly like,
1: yeah and and i i think just of late it's it's winter time there's not a lot of space to to move around so we're getting a little bit of that cabin fever doing the 20, 24/7 thing you know i've had some really interesting conversations with people of late and I think this is just something that comes with age and experience, but that idea that we all have grace, we don't necessarily know it until we need to access it. Mm -hmm. And let's see, we're into this is the beginning of our fourth year in the startup from the incorporation phase and really getting that prototype going. We've had our share of some real challenges and obstacles in the business we hired an employee that nearly took us down both of our, our relationship because they were sabotaging it psychologically and also nearly took down the company as well. Mm-hmm. I When I personally looked at that situation, I thought, you know what, it happened in our formative year, and that's the perfect time for that thing to, to happen. Yeah. Every single thing that happens to us, my go-to is, I might have a, a few moments of, oh, my God, and then the problem solver just kicks in and goes, okay, what can I get from this? How can I live, learn, launch, and move on from here? Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I'm constantly, I guess in a way, my whole life has been a startup. You know, this idea of rapid iteration. You try something, it doesn't work. You just keep going. It's an approach that I've taken all through university, If I didn't get into master's program twice, I did not get into the master's program. (laughs) I cried for half an hour and I said, okay, so what's next? Like, again, it comes down to what is the alternative? When it comes to working with Blair, we occasionally have our challenges in that, you know, we're are we husband and wife when we're having this conversation or are we co-founder and Mm co-founder? And where does that sometimes mesh or clash as it were? It was difficult in our first year, especially when we had that drama going on. And then something just really clicked. And I think we found a deeper appreciation for each other. And were are more willing to listen and see the strengths that we each brought to it. Which I don't think we saw in each other that first year. And that first year, it was just get her done yeah. in that desperation mode as opposed to appreciation mode.
0: Yeah. And, and I would definitely say that, you know, having seen over the years, there's definitely been a shift. Like you, you, the two of you have kind of found your groove of what you're good at and owning your strengths. And then it's almost like you guys have allowed each other to do what you do best so that the company can thrive. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that, you know, you, you bring that conversation piece to who are we having this conversation as? are we having this conversation as husband and wife or are we having this conversation as you know, co-founders
1: Yeah, because that's different roles. It is. And I, and I don't think that we make enough time for the husband and wife stuff, especially, you know, we have always paid our employees before we pay ourselves, which affects a lot of our living standards as they were. Mm -hmm. And I'm always thankful for the roof over my head and the food in our fridge. And, but I do miss those other trappings of luxuries that we used to have. And it does put a little bit of strain on things. When you go to sleep at night and the last things out of your mouth have to do with the upcoming tasks on your work list, mm-hmm. that's taxing. Yeah, I really look forward to having a little bit more balance and, and that comes from a little bit more progress and, and financial success of the company, mm-hmm. which is rapidly coming to us. Like we're only a couple of weeks into the in the beginning of the year and tremendous things are happening and and i know that in the next 10 days even more things are are going to be popping up as as confirmation that we're on the right track
0: yeah it's so exciting to see the shift like there's just a, there's an energetic shift with the company and and it's like uh, you know you know i've talked about this it's the we've planted seeds and planted seeds and in 2017, because you've done three years of planting and watering <laughs> and nurturing and coddling at times.
1: And some pruning. Some pruning.
0: Yeah, rip some things out. That, you know, now is the time that you're starting to see the harvest. You're starting yeah. to see that, you know, snowball effect, which I'm so excited for you.
1: Well, and I think what most people forget is what do you need to be able to plant all those seeds sometimes you need some manure and life is going to give you manure sometimes by the truckload and you're going to have to shovel that and you're going to say this stinks but it it results in something that's really incredible and beautiful yeah and like when we if i had known it was going to take this long i don't know if i would have agreed to this right this is two people full-time working on this no other source of income that's That's on the high wire with a tightrope with a blindfold. Yes. But as we get further and further along, what we see is that our bigger vision is coming to light. And we also planned for something that's five or 10 years out. Not that we want it to take five years to achieve revenue, but that the bigger vision of our company, that we have something that we're moving towards. And it's so much easier to say, okay, we're already starting the plan for 2018. Love it. And... Six months ago, we wouldn't have been able to see past six months ago, and the vision has just gotten bigger because we're doing the work. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm pumped. Woo-hoo! You think I'm on sugar all the time? <laughs> I may or may not be.
0: And <laughs> we can have another conversation on that. <laughs> but but I think the other piece that I really want to highlight for people is that you know you you ask questions, and it's one of the tools that I teach quite a lot is about asking questions. Right, You'll, It's like, okay, you didn't get the master's. All right, so what else? Mm-hmm. Now, what I notice with you is, and you may not even know this, is that you ask the question in the way that it is most helpful. So you ask this question in a way that you open up the energy. You're not trying to steer the universe to fit your mold. You're like, hey... What else is possible? What is meant to be here, right? And you sit and you go, "Oh, let me just receive that." Mm-hmm. That's what I teach, right? It's like about asking the question with an open heart and open mind, and then you get some new information that you didn't know before.
1: Well, you know, it's funny because we've—I've been running gratitude miss hashtag gratitude miss for a while on Facebook, and we did like 30 days of that over December. And what I'm trying to subtly, not subtly, train people even though I'm not doing my joy coaching anymore, is what are you looking for,
0: Mm -hmm. right?
1: If I asked you to look for all the things that you are grateful for, you're actually going to see them. And so when I say to the universe, hey, I'm looking for opportunities, I feel like there's opportunities. There's no shortage of opportunities. Mm -mm. People people will come to us and say, oh, this, this, this. And I'll say, there's no shortage of opportunities. There's just (laughs) a shortage of resources to pursue them all. Yeah. And it always strikes me as very, again, you, you go through life with your own particular blinders and your set of biases. I'm always stunned by the number of people who are blind to the opportunities right in front of them mm-hmm. because either they don't believe that they're worthy of it, yeah. They so they're shutting that down. Yeah. They don't even they they go, oh no, those opportunities are for other people or that opportunity is too big for me. Mm-hmm. I love sharing the story about how we got Charlene Harris. So we had shelled out a significant amount of money to leave Barry and go all the way to Long Beach, California, for this conference called Bouchercon. And this is in September, November, 2014. So we get to the conference. It's a writers' conference, readers' conference, all international bestsellers, and 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 there's Charlene. She'd finished doing her meet and greet and her signatures of her books. And I went up to her and I said, Ms. Harris, have you ever considered turning your books into games? And she said, well, we tried that once and it didn't work out. And I said, oh, is that something I could help you with? (laughs) Her response was, that would be lovely, dear. And 14 months later, we had a signed contract. And what's really, really cool is this October, October 11th, 2017 at BoucherCon Toronto. Oh. That is where we are launching our game adaptation of one of her books. Love it. So, I never thought we could get a New York Times bestseller to work with us. That was not the vision when yes. we started three years ago. And yet, here it is. Yeah. and Because people, you
0: were willing to, to ask.
1: ask. And, and people in the games industry are looking at us going, but you're like this tiny speck of an indie studio. And I go... Yes, with big balls. <laughs> no you make a big ask and maybe the answer is no. Keep making asks. hmm Absol- you, you'll get nothing if you ask for nothing.
0: Absolutely. And you know and I watch that with you. you are and you know fierce <laughs> with asking. You're just like ask it ask it ask and ask. And, you, and you never make yourself well, I shouldn't say never. but I don't see you letting it stop you when somebody says no. No, you you may have have... a lot
1: of no's. Yeah,
0: Yeah. well, you're bound to, right? And that's part of the lesson is that, you know, you're going to ask a lot of people, you're going to get a lot of no's, but you need to keep asking so that you get those yeses.
1: Well, and I'm not because I'm petty or anything, but I'm collecting all of those no's for the book. (laughs) You know, it's, I've had people say, well, why don't you give up your business? You seem to be looking for money all the time because they don't understand how big this thing really is. Mm -hmm. You know, you should go get a job. Or uh, you'll be insolvent six months from now, so there's no point in us looking at you. And my response is, you do not know me, and you do not know how fierce I am. And yeah. to, the, to the fellow in particular who said you'll be insolvent six months from now, that was two years ago. Mm-hmm. And since then, you know, we've got Charlene on board. We have thousands of university students and, and kids my god, the work that we do with kids. Yes. So all of these opportunities that have popped out of nowhere is no matter the no, it has never stopped us. An obstacle is just something that you go around. You can choose mm-hmm. to climb it, you can choose to break it, but an obstacle is not a permanent end. Definitely not. Oh,
0: so great. This is this is like I really hope people are inspired by listening to you because it's, you know, you've taken on such a big project, you know, a startup company in the tech world is not, you know, nothing, it's nothing to be sneezed at. Like, I have watched other people, I, I don't know a lot of people in the tech industry, but I, I know a friend of mine, um, her family has a tech startup in the medical industry. And he went nine years mm-hmm. nine years throwing money in there, funding it, getting it going, paying everybody before they started turning money, turning a profit. I mean that takes huge dedication yeah and you know most of us thankfully don't have to have that kind of intensity but what if we could step in and I would invite people just you know like take a moment just like step into your shoes and it's like, what does it take? To have that tenacity, to be willing to ask, to grab the energy of that, and then go out and do that in your business.
1: Well, and I think back to being at the year end of year one and the end of year two, where the money just miraculously would always show Like I just don't know. But I never question, and I just say, universe, if it's meant to be, just put some more in there, and literally it would show up. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, if we, if we were meant to have failed, we would have failed by now. Yeah. And I knew that... Regardless, like we've always been very fiscally responsible with our our investor money, absolutely, because that's something to do with integrity, and, Mm -hmm. and integrity is huge for us. But I always thought, okay, so if this were to ever go bottoms up, then what would happen as a result? Well, Blair would go back to the games industry. And I would go on to do something way more skilled than I ever did before because of all of the experience that I've gotten. Mm-hmm. Anyone that's worked for us would be that much further along in their career because of the work that they've done for us. And, you know, Blair and I have always said, listen, if it goes if it goes bottoms up, we're the type of people that would still pay back our investors even though we don't have to. Because, again, integrity. Mm-hmm. So I never saw... I never saw the debt that came out of the company, which is fairly low, as a burden. I just saw that as it's, it's a fairly low cost for the opportunity that we're trying to create. What I especially love is when I meet people who are, you know, like the godfathers of the games industry looking at us going, okay, this is not just a video game company. This is not just, we've built a new technology to access a new market and it's it's very radical Mm -hmm. and along the way we've made it easy enough for a 10 year old as easy it is for a 40 year old to create this gaming content we're doing things that most people wouldn't dare to do and in that I also you know I get the high off of that too because I think that if you're going to do something you should do it really well and not Mm -hmm. be embarrassed to be exceptional
0: yeah love it See, that's that inner dominatrix. You are owning it. You're willing to step up and say, yes, I know that I'm really great at this. And I'm going to continue to shine and take this company.
1: And no apologies. No apologies apologies for being a
0: shining effing unicorn. Right. (laughs) Love it. Because the world needs more shining effing unicorns.
1: I think there are a lot of shining effing unicorns. They need to get out of their own ways. Yes. They need to... We've all had doubt You know, we've all had doubt. I'm sure Dana, you've had your moments and (laughs) I've had my moments and we all have that imposter syndrome occasionally popping into our head. What am I doing? They're going to find me out. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything, but there is something or some things that we're all exceptionally talented at and you have to make a decision if you're going to go for it or not. Yeah. Or you can live in the house that you are okay with. It's a big, beautiful house, but you hate your life. And I would rather love my life and be, well, not quite homeless, but living modestly. <laughs> living modestly.
0: Yes. With great friends around you.
1: With great friends. Yeah. And that's
0: important. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just, it's that piece of not letting money be real.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? And, and I would say I really see that in you. you like, you, you ask of the universe, okay, we need money. You're not sitting there going, ah, I don't know where it's going to come from, so it's not going to come in. You
1: just I you. never use that phrase, by no. the way. I just say, how will this money come? Right, which is asking a better question, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the energy
0: is very open on that, which I love. In doing that, when you don't make money real and you don't have the attachment to it, it's so much easier to just let the universe do its job of arranging it. And then you get busy doing what you need to do.
1: I think we've also been very privileged in that we had a fairly, I guess you would call it a fairly upper middle-class life before this. And we were making good money, but we never appreciated it. Mm. We were still in debt. Like we were making, I don't know, 150. Oh, it was, you know, we were comfortable. 180,000 a year between the two of us. You know, Blair had his tech job. I was doing very well in administration. And, but I didn't appreciate what we had. Mm. And I had this nice apartment in san francisco a nice apartment in dallas nice car and wow that was really great but we hated our our lives and our jobs (laughs) and i don't even think we loved each other all that much and and now we live in this tiny place while we're doing our startup life it's made me appreciate things it's made me realize that stuff is not the thing that turns me on Mm -hmm. it's just stuff Yeah. You know, uh, save my stuffed animal from my eighth year, Freddie. You know, (laughs) if the house caught on fire and burned down, it's just a house. It's just stuff. It's not the thing that's going to keep you going. Yeah. And, you know, I'm every, I think what makes me curious about people when they tell their stories about their lives is I want to know what they learned. Are they telling a story because they want people to listen to them? Or are they telling a story because they've actually learned something and they want to share that with someone else? You know, we all know those those storytellers that will yak and yak mm-hmm. and yak. And you just like find yourself glimpsing at your watch, going, Are they ever going to shut up? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Whereas, you know, there's there's a lot of value in doing the self-work.
0: And and I find I don't know if you notice this, but I find that the people who have done their inner work can tell their story very succinctly, mm-hmm. right? And get it and make it very impactful in two minutes.
1: Sure. And not only that, the more we tell that story, the more it it has it no longer has that emotional residual on us. Mm-hmm. You know, I I spoke at something called Mo Mondays probably ten to twelve times, and for the first six times. In various locations I was telling the same story about how growing up I was the hard-of-hearing kid with the deaf family and my daddy always rejected me because I'm not deaf enough and and I say it like that with that tone now because to me it's so blase am I writing a video game about it yes I am mostly because I think there's that underlying story of not belonging mm-hmm. finding your place mm-hmm. and declaring your awesomeness Right. So those are the, the key points of why I'm creating that video game. But I found myself telling that story and getting bored by it. Like, <laughs> I've already done the work. Why why do I need to explain that to you? So I'm always looking for this the latest learning that I've had. So with the, the employee that was problematic, I like to share that because oftentimes you don't think about those things
0: mm-hmm.
1: or what it's like to work with your spouse. I mean, we're... 14 years married, 20 and a half years together. Who starts a startup at 17 years into a marriage? Crazy people. Yes. And so I like to share that as well. And it's been a hell of a ride, and I don't I don't regret it. That's good. What's what's the, the thing that surprised
0: you the most about working together or doing the startup or what's in this company it was I there's a
1: couple of things. One is how much I fell in love with him, watching him lead our co-op students. We worked really closely with the local college. Mm-hmm. I've never seen him in a leadership position. Oh, so, and he always seemed to get passed over at work, which always surprised me, but he's, and how great he is with the kids when we do the summer camps. He really is like, we're not moms or dads and we have no inclination to, to do the whole parent thing. But he's so incredibly gentle and patient with as a teacher. And he was a fantastic teacher. And that just gave me the warm feels all over again. And I love that about him. And as for me, I don't know. I mean, I, I get quite the rush when somebody comes along and says, hey, I'd like to write you a big fat check. I like the big fat ones. <laughs> I like all the checks, but my favorite are the fat ones. And that first week when we did the friends and family ask to see $60,000 roll in, just from one letter it was a very detailed letter it was a very responsible letter it was an impeccable letter <laughs> but that these people would trust us with their money not having even seen a prototype which meant they trusted us and they trusted our vision and our yeah. passion and our dedication to our relationship so that surprised me Aww.
0: yeah and you know that that piece of that they were investing in you yes Right. And so, and that's, that's what it is. When you're inviting, investing in a, a company that's just starting up, you, you are investing in the people that are doing it mm-hmm. because there's not enough to say, okay, this is, we know this, this is, is going to fly. Gonna work. <laughs> we know this is going to fly. So, you know, throw your money in, but at the beginning it's like, well, okay, it's a hope and a prayer. But when you see somebody, and and I know that, you know, I've I'll disclose I have invested in your company
1: smart woman I know
0: right <laughs> <laughs> so you better take off um <laughs> but but a lot of it was the fact that I saw you guys showing up showing up showing up the tenacity where you were going you just kept digging in you weren't taking no for an answer it's like okay that's closed all right let's go over here Let's close. let's go over here let's go, it just kept on doing it and and that for me I mean I'm not a gamer I'm like, I try to play your games, and I'm like, oh, you
1: know. It's, well, I'll get you trained, Dana. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, I need serious help. I'm
0: like, I don't know how to get on this level. Gene, what's the secret? Right? Like, So I didn't invest because I love games. I invested because I love you guys.
1: Thank you. I, I appreciate that, and we, we take it all very seriously, and we value each and every one of our investors. It Like, if you walk down the street and they saw two lemonade stands – and you saw the one kid just sitting there going, no one likes me. And the other kid going, best lemonade in the whole wide world. I am ta- definitely going to go to the shiny unicorn lemonade stand, right? Yes. And I think that really, that speaks to the impact that we have on people. I think we make a dynamic team. I'm really hopeful that they're, they'll air our episode of the Dragon's Den soon so that people yes. can see how we come off on TV and... Not only that, to sort of see how other people perceive us, because a website doesn't tell you anything. Videos might. And when you meet us in person, I don't think too many people come away going, oh, I don't like those people. They're like, wow, those people, they care about what they're doing. Absolutely. And uh, our balls to the wall thing has has impressed a lot of
0: people. Yeah. Well, I remember, you know, the one night we were sitting here and I had a few friends over and... One of my friends was sitting here just, you know, gobsmacked. She just, like, draw, you know, she just could, had nothing to say because she was so inspired by your story and what you were doing and how big of a image, like, not an image, but, like, how big your vision is for this. So... It does absolutely happen when people meet you in person, which is why I wanted to at least have you here. Thank you.
1: Well, I hope it comes across on the podcast. Me too. And, you know, if you want to check what what we're doing, I mean, we're, we're at one more onemorestorygames.com without prompting. See, Dana? Yeah, very good. <laughs> and we're really trying to, to create space in the games industry where people can tell their stories, whether they're fiction or nonfiction. But in an interactive format that is engaging, because I think we all have really cool stories to tell, and there's a lot of a lot of perspectives out there that aren't being heard.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And we can change the world when we can change the perspective.
0: Yeah, and I love that about the platform is that it's it is enabling so many people to get their story out. You know, stories that wouldn't be told. Yeah, in other platforms. So it's such a huge
1: vision. I am so pumped. I'm so pumped. Yeah. Yeah. 2017 is going to be pretty kick ass. I can't, I can't even conceive of how big 2018 is going to be because 2017 is already going to, it's already blowing our minds. Wow. So.
0: Awesome. And then of course you do some small business coaching. So if people I do want
1: their ass kicked in a really good way. Yes. I have, uh, I've been doing that for the last nine years and I only take like a very select handful of clients mm-hmm. as you do as well. Right. It's, yes. I have, I'm very passionate about helping people who want to be helped and do the work because there's no point in you paying me and you're not doing the work. Exactly. That doesn't interest me. Mm-mm. And I really just, my juices get going when I see somebody really taking that time to up level themselves, either spiritually, emotionally, or professionally. I don't have time for people who are just mediocre. I know that's an awful thing to say, but it's not awful.
0: Well, it's the truth. You know, if you're only taking a select handful of people, Mm -hmm. then you get to pick who's going to actually light your fire to do that. Yeah, because you have this—you've got one more story games going on, and that's a lot. lot...
1: I don't need to take on mediocre clients. That's for sure. Right. So only only the exceptional clients, and and it's never a dull day with us. So. Fantastic.
0: Thank you so much for coming over and recording this. We get to do it live. It's just so fun to actually be able to see <laughs> somebody because usually I'm just, you know, just auditory and I don't get to see them. So this was lots of fun.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was really fantastic. Thanks, Gene. Here's to being a unicorn.
0: Woohoo! Shiny. Shiny effing unicorn. Woo! <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Inner Dominatrix, the show that lets you step into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to tell your friends about it. And if you're ready to own your inner dominatrix, then hop over to my website, innerdominatrix.com, and let's have a conversation to get you rocking your bold, sexy, fun-filled life.